Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that really does hate margarine. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. This isn't over, old woman. Wow. You know, I'm younger than you. <laughs> well, that's true. But, you know, uh, the patriarchy, unfair uh, societal standards, etc. Uh, so, you know, there, there you have it. Good point. It's yeah. not over. I'll say this for the... We're covering the witches this week, the 1990 yeah, adaptation. Yeah, so on the third day of Downton, my true love, my podcast gave to me <laughs> three witches witching. Yeah, there we go. Great. Yeah. Uh, I feel good about that. Yeah, two dummies dumbing and McGovern being McShee. <laughs> That's actually pretty great. Yeah, this is going well. Um, yeah, and so I just wanted to say, speaking of the patriarchy, uh, this isn't the most feminist movie you're ever going to see. I'll say that. We liked it a lot, and it has women all through it, but it is very much about you shouldn't trust older single women because they're probably scheming to steal and kill children. That's a really good point, which I had not really thought of. Yeah. Um, I mean, not but really. I, I mean, I don't want to overstate what I I'm don't saying know. There's here. There's plenty of nice women in this movie. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's... You know, Although certainly... I guess actually they're not necessarily like only his grandmother is presented as being capable, right? Because Bruno's mother uh, uh, is not any good. Not Played so by Brenda Blethyn, who I correctly identified. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike the fiasco when we were watching Cinderella, and I basically <laughs> misidentified every actor that was in it, yeah, except for Triple X. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but I can't pronounce that character's name, nor do I know what his actual name is. Right. Anyway, um, and then there's that maid lady. Yeah, but she, you know, was having an affair with her superior, yeah. so what does that even That, mean? and also, you know, wound up growing mouse fur on her neck. Right. Because of her avarice and greed, and yeah. was, you know, unnerved by mice. Right. So but, women are either witches, or their fear of mice makes them incapable of caregiving. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's rolled doll. Almost all adults are evil and mm-hmm. untrustworthy. I mean, that's sort of his whole thing. Or no longer alive. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're either martyrs or villains. That's true, because I mean, the men come off just as badly as the women. Right, right. Except for Luke and his grandmother. So Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, I found this I to feel be... like it's fairly it's fairly patriarchy neutral. Okay. In my opinion. That's that's fair. Uh you're you know, of the two of us, you're the more official judge on that. Sort yeah, of but thing. I mean, I think also the point is, you know, witches, that's why witches are so sinister because they take on these roles that are generally filled by like trustworthy women. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, I don't okay. know. I mean, I can, I can kind of see that. I just, I don't think of the witches as being women in the way that I think you are. Uh, okay. That's I just, fair. I don't know. No, it just I mean, never occurred to me even this time watching it. Sure. It's just a goofy story. It is a goofy story. And I have to say, among the best Roald Dahl adaptations. Mm, now, mm-hmm. they made a change at the end that Roald Dahl hated, and rightly so. But if you just ignore that little bit, the rest of it is really like purer, like Roald Dahlness mm-hmm. than you get in almost anything. Well, and then he. He was a character, <laughs> which we've long known. Yeah. And you can provide a little more insight into that because you're a bigger Roald Dahl fan. But right. just reading through the trivia about this movie, he was so angry about some of the changes they made. And the fact that the movie was terrifying in parts, that it was genuinely scary. And the movie is scary. Yeah, I is. was very scared of it as a child. Mm-hmm. And it shot like the Wicker Man. Yeah. I like, mean, yeah. the visual style is very much like that. Yeah. Like, when you see the seaside hotel they're staying at, you're like, oh my god. Nothing good is going to happen here. You know, Indian burial ground. Yeah. Like, you know, except it's in England. <laughs> yeah, but. who's the caretaker? <laughs> right. Um, Druid burial ground? So anyway... He was so angry about that that he basically tried to have the film pulled, which almost happened anyway because the production company, Lorimar, went bankrupt (laughs) before the film was released. So this film was completed and not released until 1990. But basically, he was threatening to have the film not released until Jim Henson wrote him like a very nice like letter that was very like flattering to Roald Dahl. Yeah. And like then that was fine. But then like he was so angry. And I think this is not correct. This was on, I can't remember if it was IMDb or Wikipedia, you Uh know, both bastions of fact checking. Right. But it said something along the lines of his 
his requirements for adaptations of his work were so like strenuous in his will and the only film that's ever fulfilled them is the 2007 charlie and the chocolate factory which i don't know what fulfilled means right like does that mean that they found some loopholes so that they could get james and the giant peach and matilda made and the fantastic mr fox which is also fantastic i mean i think i mean i will say i remember at the time of that tim burton uh one that I do remember just like quotes from the family being like, this is the only one we've ever liked, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's unclear what that meant, which although I just don't like that version of Willy Wonka. Everything else about that film is perfect. It's just from the, the kids and the parents down to the Oompa Loompas. Yeah. There is that creepy subplot that they do where Missy Pyle is like trying to come on to Willy Wonka. Yeah. Which I hated, and yeah. I wished that they didn't do that, because yeah. that's not what Roald Dahl books are about. No, not and at all. And I hate it when people try to put any... That's the only thing that kind of rings false in this, is the relationship between Rowan Atkinson, the hotel manager, and the maid, because it's like, you don't need it. Right. It's a kid's movie. Right. We don't need your adult junk. The whole point of Roald <laughs> Dahl is we don't need your adult junk ruining our lives. I understand. And we understand that this is a kid's movie, but what Jim Henson presupposes is... Is it? Because it's not it's him. Like, it's the director. Well, right. Nicholas Rogue, Rogue, something. It's a yeah, very some, like Welsh. Yeah. He's actually Australian, but okay. it's a very like Welshish name. To yeah. Me. I mean, I guess they just say Jim Henson because just the like you know well, creature work on well, the yeah, witches. Yeah, everything that Jim Henson does is dark. This is yeah. the this is the least terrifying Jim Henson kids movie no, there's it's ever true. been. Well, it was funny to me you talking about Jim Henson writing Roald Dahl a letter, and they're just so on the one hand so similar, but on but the other dime, hand just, so different. Well, look, like Jim it's Henson's Roald Dahl, this hippie, this Norwegian descent English public school upbringing you know english world war ii uh air force fighter right and then jim henson you know this hippie hippie, dippy (laughs) yeah creator of sesame street right but both just singular visions yeah yeah in what they think is appropriate for children yeah um yeah also if you have kids who are listening to these uh have them write us a letter we love kids we'll read some of them out loud that's an excellent point yeah hopefully uh these are appropriate it's been a lot easier to not swear than i thought yeah i think we should perhaps consider this going forward (laughs) yeah so you're welcome everyone who's written to us saying to stop swearing (laughs) yeah um anyway so i guess yeah so i guess let's recap it i think we provided enough razzle dazzle here at the beginning (laughs) right sure uh, we get the opening credits, which is just a plain shot over mountains that is very unclear why that is the opening credits. But anyway, it's 1990. It was a different time. It was a different time. And I think it was filmed in like 1988 or 89. Right, because so, of the thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, we see Luke, our protagonist, and his grandmother. I love this kid. Yeah. He's not a great actor, but his voice work, once he's transformed into a no. mouse, is so... And Bruno Jenkins and Bru- is too. To the extent that I was on IMDb, like, did they get somebody else to do the voices? Because the voice work is so good, mm-hmm. you know, relative to their actual acting, yeah. which is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Um, no, and I just, I love the way he says soup, which we'll get <laughs> yeah. to later, but it's my favorite pronunciation of soup in all of cinema history. Um, <laughs> well, and I, I had forgotten so many details mm-hmm. in that. In the book, Luke is British, mm-hmm. of course. Right. Everyone, yeah. And this is this is my biggest bone that I have to pick with Roald Dahl adaptations, is that it was so in vogue, basically, up until James and the Giant Peach, and then I think Matilda came after that or before. I can't remember when they made the Matilda movie. Right. They're so such different movies. But like it's, it's like, you know, they, they're always so selective about making the protagonist American. Right. And it's absurd to me. It is. Because the stories themselves are so British, so British to the point that Miss Trunchbull is always British. Yeah. No matter where, and like, is running a British public school, <laughs> right. despite the fact that she might be in America. Yeah. Like, it's absurd. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially Matilda, because that, that was, you know, him working out his issues with his own schooling. Exactly. Yeah. Like, to the point they had to make the protagonist a girl. Right. Like, he couldn't even deal with it in his own actual lived experience. Yeah. Even though he actually wrote, like, autobiographical sketches about it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, That's probably not as appropriate for the family-friendly thing. Right. 
But I don't know. But Roald Dahl, is anything Roald Dahl ever did actually family friendly? Yeah, that's the thing. He didn't like his family. He didn't like his family. Well, they sent him off to a boarding school where he was, you know. Oh, I meant his children. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that was his experience of family growing up. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we get very passionate when we talk about Roald Dahl. We do, apparently. Tell them how he wrote. So he had in the garden at his house this tiny little shed that was too small for him. He was a very tall person. And that was his traumatic experience was flying fighter planes, which are all built for much smaller people, and being like cramped in them for like eight hours at a time with the fear of getting shot down that whole time. And he did get shot down once and burned. Um, and so that was how he wrote was a shed like recreating that experience with this little like notepad on his lap hunched over it. Uh, and just, yeah. And no, so crazy. Yeah. And, and when he was in his shed, like nobody could go talk to him cause he was busy writing and it was, yeah, yeah. He was a crazy person, a very crazy person yeah. who luckily managed to transform that craziness into some of the greatest works of children's literature of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huge he, fan. I mean, and I'm, I feel like I take his works more as a whole than as individual. Although mm-hmm. I love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator yeah. are so good. They are. I almost think Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator is actually better because there's not, there's barely any conflict in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, comparatively speaking. Right, right. And much more so than his other books where there's clearly like an ogre. Yeah. Like they had to make up Mr. Slugworth for the movie. Right, 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 right. And that, again, there, much in the same way that there's this adult relationship that we're supposed to apparently have an opinion about here. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't care about the corporate espionage part of it. And I, you know, my mom and I always agreed. We hate the part in that movie where Gene Wilder yells at Charlie. Yeah. Because we're like, he didn't deserve to be yelled at. Yeah. That's absurd. Agreed. I'm just going to say absurd as many times as possible (laughs) in this podcast. That's fine. Great. Um, And I would also like to say underrated Danny, the champion of the world. You know what? I don't think I ever read that one. I think we might own it, but even whether we do or I not, might read it. I would like if to say we own it. to all you out there who might be casual Roald Dahl fans, that's one to check out. Danny, the champion of the world. Did you like the, the BFG? I can't yeah. remember if I read it or if I didn't read it, but I just, I'm a it. I liked it fine, uh, but you know, they've got this, is it, it's either Ron Howard or Steven Spielberg. I forget which. Oh, gross. Making the movie? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's again, it's like Steven Spielberg taking over for Stanley Kubrick. It's like, no, you're too no, positively you're t- charged no. ions also, or something. Also, why has no one ever done an animated thing based on the drawings of Quentin, Quentin Blake? Blake? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. James and the Giant Peach and Fantastic Mr. Fox are great right. insofar as that goes. Yeah. But like, Quentin Blake's illustrations mm-hmm. are amazing. They're like Garth Williams' Little House on the Prairie illustrations mm. level of just like, I so identify all of those books with those drawings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, no, anyway, really, we, we we're going to stop okay. talking about Roald Dahl now and talk about this movie okay. that he may or may not have liked. Right. So Luke is talking with his grandma, uh, who's telling him stories about witches. She says that they're in every country, uh, and every country has a high witch, and there's a grand high witch out there, and they're just straight up evil, and they hate children. Uh, we see that grandma is missing a pinky, and that it was not by accident. It was witch-related. It was uh, a witch sedent. Yeah. And uh Luke is like, Are you sure they exist? And and the grandma says something like, Well, we know the devil exists, even though we've never seen him. And I was like, Do we know that the devil exists? But I mean, I think that's a very, you know, of that generation thing to say. True enough. Uh, and she tells a story about a girl that lived near her growing up that was uh, you know, ran foul of a witch and uh gets kidnapped by the witch and and this is a truly horrifying story, gets put into a painting. And lives out the rest of her days in isolation in the painting. Now, luckily, there's like a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's food she can get. Right. She feeds these geese. But she ages and then eventually, presumably, has passed away in the painting and yeah. is no longer in the painting. Yeah. Super creepy. And they, the family... They never saw her move, but they would see her in different positions. They could see her getting older. And like my... I have some world building problems with the movie mm-hmm. or and with the book because mm-hmm. it's just like okay if this is going on 
Why does no one talk about it? Right. Like if this is such an (laughs) omnipresent threat. Yeah. And it's a very children's book type of thing. I mean, it's similar to, you know, the thing about Hogwarts. Like this is something that we should have heard about. Well, it was because I I did actually read, I think the Wikipedia thing that was giving the plot summary. And it's like, it takes place in an alternate universe where there's all these witches. And I was like, no, it's not an alternate universe. That's not the conceit. Mm -hmm. Like as a child reading this, that's not the idea is that it's, it's that it's this world. But I think it does fall into like science fiction though well i mean right i mean because obviously there in case any children are reading watching or listening there are no witches right that is a lie agree it is a work of fiction yeah uh which though when you're a kid i remember seeing the cover of the book and seeing the movie at my friend's house and i was like what yeah this seems plausible. <laughs> right. So I guess maybe it's just world building problems if you're old and cranky like us. That may be the case. Because I certainly never felt that way as a child. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, this is horrible. Yeah. So the grandma teaches that uh, the witches hate children and they also, they're all bald and they wear wigs that itch all the time. And they have square toes and violet eyes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so their shoes are all very uncomfortable. I guess their feet are square. They don't have toes. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Which are brilliant things to make up rolled doll. Yeah. Because, I mean, I will say that. I may be, like, questioning his world building, but, like, the details that he includes are so indelible and crazy. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. just like, how did you even think of that? Square feet? Yeah. Yeah. What? It's, it's great. Is this an episode of Gumby? <laughs> so then Luke's mom stops and she's like, oh, what's going on? And the grandma's like, oh, I'm just telling him stories about witches. And she's like, oh, and I'm watching at home like, no, these are seriously disturbing stories, mom. Like, don't be so blase about well, it. Well, it's like, did you not tell your daughter about this also? How did she survive to adulthood? Because <laughs> honestly, these witches are serious business in this movie. They are. Like, yeah. as no soon joke. as Luke finds out about witches, like two days later, wham, witch looking yeah. for him. Yeah. So anyway, mom and dad head off. They're going off somewhere in formal wear. Uh, and she's like, okay, no more stories. And then Luke is like, come on, one more story. And I'm like, you want more of these tor- horrifying stories? But Kids love horrifying things. They do. I they mean, do. even when I was scared of them, I still wanted to know what they were. Yeah. I, it, you know, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm afraid of a thing, but the more that I know about it, the better equipped I am to deal with it. Yeah. So she tells one more story, which is that witches can smell children, especially when they're just showered, because then, like, the child smell is stronger. And so she says, you should really only shower once a month just to be safe. (laughs) I love, she's so cute because she's like, to me, you smell, and she's Norwegian. Right. So she's like, to me, you smell like raspberries and cream, but to a witch, you smell of dog's droppings. And he's like, what? Get out of here. And she's like, no, seriously. He's like, okay. (laughs) And he's excited for this excuse to not shower. Oh, yeah. Kids hate showering. They do. I hate showering. I just do it. (laughs) Right. It's required by my life. Right. You just got to. Because there's no witches. There's not a compelling excuse. <laughs> right. Well, I guess the California drought. Oh, yeah. If you live in California, you could you could parlay that. Yeah, that's true. You could give that a shot. Get a little dry shampoo. People would still be like, uh, no. Sponge down. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Luke wakes us up the next morning. His parents are not in their bed. And uh, some police arrive to deliver the news, essentially, that his parents have died. And it's, like, this movie is impressive. Like, I don't know. It just plays this so, like, straight Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, the police, like, that are at the door, just, like, you see them, you know, that this is part of their job, but that it's just hard that they have to do, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I was just like, wow. Well, and then the scene immediately following is they've brought the shawl that Mm -hmm. the mother had worn out, and the grandmother is wrapped up in it, and Luke comes in. He's taking this really well, by the way. It's true. Um... But she just wraps him up in the shawl and they just cuddle and cry and it's very heartbreaking. It is. So let's not keep talking about it because it's very sad. But kids always deal with this well in children's books because that's, you know, the death of parents is so common in children's books, Roald Dahl in particular, but all of them. And it's just, that's the purpose of them for children is like, you know, this is so important, but you know what? I could go, I could go, I'd be fine. Yeah. I could go on and things would work out. And, uh, and they do. It's Luke and grandma. They're still together. Yeah. So Luke's hanging out in a treehouse, and a woman in black sees him, uh, and Luke realizes that she has purple eyes, and therefore is a witch. And she's like, oh, don't be worried, I just want to give you this, and pulls out a snake. And says, little boys love snakes. And I'm like, yeah, in a contained environment, <laughs> right. not given to them by a stranger. Yeah. 
Like or like this- a rubber snake. <laughs> like a snake that isn't definitely going to kill you. Right. I feel like you're not the best witch. No. She's really... She's a real embarrassment to the witches of Britain. Yeah. Uh, she does know his name, which freaks him out. But he is not at all, you know, convinced by her act. And eventually Grandma shows up and... Well, she also tries to give him a bar of chocolate. Right. She's like, oh, snake didn't work. All right. This one. I got you. <laughs> yeah. You little kid. Uh, but he... No, man, Luke is... Luke is great in the face of danger. He yeah. climbs higher up in the tree and just starts hollering for Grandma. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when that lady's like, she can't hear you i remember a lot of the lines from this <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah but i mean you know and grandma comes out and he's like grandma i was definitely a witch yeah and she's like all right we better get inside it's like well they know where you live now yeah yeah uh so it's luke's birthday and he gets mice which are named william and mary which is exactly what you would have done <laughs> right i mean if well, not william and mary especially if i was actually british which yeah. luke technically isn't. is not yeah well anyway. college of william and mary maybe they lived in virginia maybe so he says later he's never been to new york so they could be from the south doesn't explain his accent (laughs) no that's true anyway uh grandma suddenly seems to feel a disturbance in the force uh cut to her in bed and the doctor's there she's been diagnosed with diabetes uh so she cannot have any sweets anymore which luke pronounces diabetes like wilford brimley (laughs) yes uh she's also told not to smoke the cigar she smokes all the time but she seems to they really de-emphasize her smoking these cigars and smoking is bad yeah and no one should do it agreed but i did love that about her in the book like she just was this random old lady smoking these cigars (laughs) like all the time yeah but they were more like cigarillos i think in the book i think that's i think they were more delicate yeah anyway cheroots um so Luke is super excited by the mice, by the way, and he's built them up like he uses constructs and builds them up like a cool. This uh, movie was made like before it was so complicated to get product placement because there are so many name brand toys yeah. not at all prominently featured in this. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it was just people. Jim Henson was like, hey, can we just put your toy in our movie? And they were like, "Uh, we can't see why not. Yeah. So she needs a trip to the seaside for her diabetes and so they're off to the seaside hotel hotel excelsior that's right is its name uh it is managed or run by rowan atkinson which was fun aka mr bean aka blackadder yeah from blackadder and we watched blackadder goes forth a while back that's right and he's actually our this is one of our feeblest downton tie-ins uh this particular it one, really is because sadly. our downton tie-in is jim carson who doesn't show up until jim the carter. third i'm so, i always jim call him jim carson Car- carter yeah. yeah but honestly totally worth it oh yeah just yeah i loved watching this movie again oh yeah for yeah i mean that was why we put it in here was because we knew that it was good <laughs> yeah after that cinderella debacle yeah <laughs> so definitely watch this one <laughs> right uh, Angelica Houston also staying there. I characterized her just as witch in my notes because she is the head witch. Uh, the Grand High Witch. The Grand High Witch. Fun correct. fact, uh, Roald Dahl's first choice to play her was Cher. Yeah. Cher was very hot at this time. Uh, but since the character's German, which I think is an interesting choice mm-hmm. given that Roald Dahl fought in World War II yeah, against yeah. the Nazis. Right. It's the um, Germans. Yeah. I just, I don't know that Cher could have done a German accent. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's Gosh, hard to say. Cher has lived so many karmic lifetimes. She has. In she's, a single life. She's done many, many different like, things. Like, she was Sonny Bono's wife. Mm-hmm. She was a pop sensation. She was an actress. Now she's a befuddled Twitter user. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, multiple, even just her music career has been through multiple phases. You know, so insane. Let alone everything yeah. else. Yeah. Anyway, it is Angelica Houston uh, and was. Who's stunning. Yeah. Great in 1990 mm-hmm. just gorgeous yeah really beautiful yeah um, she's there not as a witch but as the head of the royal society for the prevention of cruelty to children ironico <laughs> yeah. and her assistant uh dressed all in white is jane horrocks yes of little voice and right she played bubbles, bubbles. yeah Oh bubble. my god! Yeah. It was Bubble. Yeah, no, Bubbles right. is I Michael know. Jackson's yeah. pet chimp, <laughs> right? Not um, and confused. also a Powerpuff Girl. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was fun. Um, and yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, Angelica Houston is there. She looks at a painting that has a figure in it that appears to be another witch victim. And then Jane Horrocks also goes, and Angelica Houston like is like, you know, come along. But like, then the figure disappears. So it's like, did Bubble? 
Right. Her name is like Miss Irvine or something like that, but it's let's just like call she, her Bubble. Let's call her Bubble. She's the uh, secretary or assistant yeah. to... So the witch. figure disappears and it's like, did she free the figure or did the figure die because Angelica Houston was bothering it? Yeah. Well, her character really causes a lot of world building problems as Roald Dahl understood. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll get to that at the end. Okay. Uh, so at breakfast, there's some, uh, you know, fat kid. He's not that fat, but his, like, character is fat. Yeah. Uh, eating breakfast and complaining. He's, he's husky. Yeah. I he shops in the, the big and tall <laughs> kid section. For sure, yeah. Uh, he's eating breakfast, complaining he's about- Bruno Jenkins! Yeah. I love this kid! Yeah. He's not eating- No, he's eating tea, because they arrive in the afternoon. Oh, right, right. Which comes up later. Yeah. But so they do a tea in the lounge, and so yes. he's nibbling around all of the raisin cakes, like, just to get the raisins, mm-hmm. which I'm like, dude, come on. That's- like, even even for this quote-unquote fat kid, <laughs> that's a bit much. It is. Uh, but, and he's, well, and his parents are uh, rich. Uh, I forget, he says something like they're rich, but tight, or something like that. <coughs> <coughs> he says his dad's my dad's rich but he's very tight yeah oh because he asks luke how much pocket money do you get right right and luke's like i get horrifying stories about witches and that, mice <laughs> i have two pet mice right that's my allowance the maid who may or may not have a name runs to rowan atkins everybody in this movie has a name like we never hear anybody's names apart from Luke and uh Bruno Jenkins. Right. I'm like we know Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins are called that and they are called that. Yeah, but, but the- Well and um Ava um Ernst. Ernst, yes. Okay. I was like, Eve Ensler? No. <laughs> <laughs> um so she's Ava Ernst and we know that Bubble is named like Miss Irvine. But like nobody yeah. is called by their names. Yeah, not much. We know whatever Rowan Atkinson's name is is said like Mr. Springer or Stringer could be no idea. Yeah. Point is, Maid runs up to him because she's seen something that has horrified her. So Rowan goes into Luke and Grandma's room, and uh, William and Mary are there. And Rowan's like, "Oh, we cannot permit mice here; they're unhygienic." And Grandma's like, "Oh, well, that's funny you should say that because I saw a rat in your hotel this morning. This morning." But Rowan Atkinson is like, "You got here this afternoon," and she's like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. Like por- Grandma, Grandma sticks to her like moral superiority no matter what's going on right and grandma's like yes i know i don't care that you caught me out lying i know that i'm lying the point is that i will lie and tell everybody that i saw rats here unless you let us keep our mice and luke very resourceful chimes in and says that all of the cakes in the lounge have been nibbled around the edges yes and grandma very impressed Mm -hmm. yeah it's a real paper moon scamming situation (laughs) going on here yeah so Rowan has to give in. Uh, and Luke has designed... Not to mention the fact... Now, granted, yes, the mice were in there. They were not in their cage. Right. When the maid saw them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you need the mice... If you're not there watching the mice, you do need to keep them in a cage. That is not how Luke and Grandma Just feel. for their own safety. They want William and Mary to roam free. Free <sighs> as the wind blows. That was Jim Henson's influence. <laughs> That's probably true. He was like, follow those mice. <laughs> Uh, Luke also has a, a whole design that he's drawn up for a circus for his mice. Uh, so at tea, again, possibly a different tea. We So many people explain tea to us, and we still don't understand it. I think I pretty much get it. Okay. Uh, but Grandma it's like sees... dinner, except that at this fancy hotel, it is not dinner. <laughs> there is later a supper. Okay. So this would happen around 4 or 5, and then they would have supper at like 7. Right. Uh, so grandma sees a witch that is there for the witch convention that we're slowly realizing is happening, but like can't quite figure out where she remembers her from. I do love because when Angelica Houston rolls in, mm-hmm. all of these like dorky British witches are like losing their minds. Yeah, they are like they're treating her like she's a member of One Direction. <laughs> and um, so they're all just like losing their minds and she just like does not care. Yeah. Yeah. So she's from Germany. We determined. Right. Um. Which is an interesting choice. Yeah. And which I think doing, we already said because of like uh, Hitler. Right. And is doing a crazy voice the yeah, whole time. Yeah, it's not time. really a German accent. Yeah. It's, which is fine. She's a witch. Yeah. She. It's, it's Angelica Houston doing There's no her indication witch. where witches even come from. Right. Because it's like if they're not actual women, then like how do they make more witches? Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. You're right. Like, yeah, if you hate children, like, were witches never children? Like, are they actually aliens? Right. Because that's the only real logical explanation. Are they, I mean, they could be immortal-ish, maybe? It's very hard to say. Irrelevant for the moment. 
Luke announces that he wants to explore the hotel with William and Mary, and Grandma thinks that this is a good idea. Uh, he walks into the kitchen, gets glared at, so he leaves there. The kitchen, very easy to access. Yeah, this- their kitchen is really not locked down very well. Yeah. So in a room that at first I was like, is this the hotel chapel? (laughs) But it is a a convention room uh, that is empty at the moment. So Luke heads in with William and Mary and kind of sits behind the screen and is playing with them. Uh, But then all the witches arrive and uh, Grand High Witch makes a big dramatic entrance and is like, hey, everybody, now we can all stop pretending we're the RSPCC. You may remove your wigs. Right. Uh, And their shoes. And they all transform uh, into horrifying witches. This is the closest analog to the Quentin Blake yeah, illustrations, yeah. actually, because they have their weird head scabs. Yeah, and crazy noses. Yeah, and, and well, and Angelica Houston takes off her Angelica Houston face and turns into Gargamel. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, they are scary. Uh, it took her eight hours a day huh. to get into that makeup. So with the benefit of this makeup, she announces that, yes, they have been killing a child every week, but she finds that pathetic. She wants all children dead. Uh, and one witch is like, um, all children? And Like, we've pretty much just been doing this for a hobby. <laughs> right. Like, we're not that committed. Yeah. But uh, this is not a culture that tolerates dissent. <laughs> so she gets lasered to death by laser death eyes of Angelica Houston. Uh, and like it's like witches who talk back must burn until they are black or words to that effect mm-hmm. and she does she is burned alive so everybody else is like okay i wonder how see... they're gonna explain that one to rowan atkinson <laughs> uh, there is a huge pile of ashes uh via this here he seems very obsequious to them and not like eager to question their ways well, it's uncl- they might have like mind control powers because possibly or they may not get much convention business at the spooky hotel Excelsior. <laughs> so everyone that didn't just get lasered to death uh gets money, <laughs> which is most of them. Right. Everybody but this one one uh, this one which they'll get money that they're to use, they're all to quit their jobs as soon as they get back and take this money and buy candy shops or sweet shops. And uh, pay yeah, be culturally sensitive, Tom. Right, and pay double the asking price. Then, once they have done it, uh, they and then one witch is like, "Oh yes, we'll poison all the children." And Angelica Houston is like, "Ugh, no." Which come on, that's a f- perfectly like that's a good assumption, Bubba. It, it is a reasonable assumption, and this one doesn't get lasered to death. So you know, to be fair, I mean, it, she's halfway there, right? Uh, because they're not going to be poisoned per se, they're going to be magically transformed into mice using Formula 86. Which is, I guess, slightly less uh, conspicuous. Yeah, somehow the idea is that this will keep them from getting caught, whereas just well, poisoning them, they would no all be... Bot- there's not a child's body right. to have to get rid of or explain. So it's like people will just think... Their children have disappeared, but then it just turns into that awful Torchwood miniseries. <laughs> right. Yeah, I do think Angelica Houston is underestimating the extent to which the disappearance of all children would be investigated. Yeah. Like, I think... Like, I, I recognize that Roald Dahl <laughs> adults are not super with it, but they would definitely notice if, like, even... Like, we watched The Leftovers, and right. even 2% of the children were gone. They'd be like, this is weird. Yeah. That would become a law enforcement priority. Yeah. But, in any case... You know, spoiler alert, they're going to get foiled, so it's okay anyway. Uh, so the witches are all super excited by this plan. They love it. Uh, and it turns out that uh, the fat kid is uh, has been promised that if he shows up, he's going to get, like, a bunch of chocolate bars. Six bars of chocolate. Yeah. He even knows what kind. Yeah. Uh, and But sadly, he's not going to get those bars of chocolate. He's going to get Formula 86. No, he already turned into... He already ate the chocolate. Oh, right, because She gave him the chocolate action. and was like, okay, you ate this chocolate. Great. Now come eat more chocolate at, like, this specific time. Yeah, this very specific time. And so then she's like, so he's coming now. Oh, by the way, everybody get your wigs back on real quick. Which, Which like, just been, from a timing perspective, yeah, logistics like... there. Especially not, her. Yeah. Like, that's a giant nose to have to cram into your fake human face right right uh but they managed to get it done uh and so yeah he comes along and indeed turns into a mouse in front of all the witches uh and it's it's all very like wow that's an impressive thing that just happened on screen yeah practical effects man don't knock them 
So yeah, the witches, so that's it. That's the meeting. Witches are called to collect their Formula 86 in groups of 10. Meetings adjourned. Which I feel is still very conspicuous. Yeah. But... But, uh, yeah, to come to her room later yeah. in groups of 10, I'm like... And I'm like, you better have an actual schedule for that, because people are going to be very confused. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the meeting is over. Everybody's going to leave. But wait! One witch is like, you know, I smell something. And they're all like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's the horrible smell of a child mm-hmm. that we all, you know, are so sensitive to. So, uh, and it's, you know, Luke, obviously, who we've been seeing this whole time. Yeah. Hearing everything. He's been horrified and like, yeah. oh, no! Yeah. So he's he's in on all their plans now. Uh, so they all go to, uh, you know, capture him and turn him into a mouse, presumably. He rather improbably escapes. There's a lot of witches in that room. Yeah. Like, so many. It doesn't seem that plausible that he could get out of there. I agree. But he does. Uh, however, it's only temporary. He, he makes it outside. He you know, breaks a window with a chair and lump jumps over this balcony and he's kind of hiding in some bushes or something. But then Angelica Houston is like, oh, I know how to flush this child out. And she just grabs a random baby carriage. The mother has fallen asleep. Yeah. So again, in keeping with your theory of women not getting a great portrayal <laughs> in this. Okay. Right. Uh, and shoves it down a hill. Uh, and Luke, being the only person seeing this baby in danger, naturally enough, runs after it, saves the baby just before it goes over the edge of a cliff, uh, as the mother is looking on, motionless and screaming, uh, and then is therefore captured by the witches. Well, he actually, he gets away from them again and makes it up to his grandma's room. She has fallen asleep, possibly right. through magic. Yeah, that's actually at the very beginning she, of this whole yeah, scene. Yeah, she, like, sort of, she's reading a book. And then suddenly just like goes limp, uh, very similar to Haley Atwell in Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like there's some sort of magical means happening because he goes in there and he's like yelling at her and she won't wake up. Yeah. And, and, and he it, says later he doesn't know if it was the diabetes or if there was a spell on her. Right. And because it cuts to her during that whole meeting in the convention room as if she's somehow experiencing it yeah. in some way. So yeah, that was, that was a little bit. Well, and there is a thread here that it is perhaps the grand high witch who cut off her pinky is the mm-hmm. implication to me right right understood so a little bit ambiguous there so luke is taken back i think back to the conference room and held down and given an entire bottle 500 doses of formula 86 uh which since he can't turn any more into a mouse all it means is that it works faster uh with the extra doses but boom he's a mouse yep and uh at this point grandma wakes up thus lending further credence to the idea that there's some magical connection going on there uh and uh all the witches are ordered to kill luke but he from within the piled up clothes that he'd been wearing as a boy like hides under them and makes an escape that is again improbable slightly less so in this case because he's a tiny mouse easy to miss Again, very well adjust to being uh, a mouse. Yeah. This kid is unstoppable. As does, uh, so he makes it into Bruno the Jenkins walls. doesn't even know he's a mouse. Right. He's like, hey, Bruno, what's up? And Bruno's like, hey, I'm eating this, like, icing, uh, you know, some sort of pastry that I found. This is great. Life's good. And, well, and Luke is, I I appreciated this from a world, he's like, hey, I can talk. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I and, like, like that. it's kind of clunky, but like, I like, it's yeah. charming in its clunkiness. Yeah. Agreed. And he's like, something, something, now that you're a mouse, Bruno, Bruno's like, what? Yeah. I'm not a mouse. <laughs> I'm Bruno Jenkins. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, I am a mouse. Well, we'll probably get better, right? Yeah. Yeah. That seems. And, and, and Luke's like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> My grandma's told me a lot about witches and getting better is not part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, and it's also established that, uh, I forget exactly how William and Mary get involved in this, but they cannot talk, nor they're, can... Yeah, they're just around. Yeah. In the same space. Yeah, so it's not like they are talking mouse language. They are talking as humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that have been turned into that mice. That have been turned into mice, right. Understandable. Their voices amplify pretty well. Yeah, Considering that they are now tiny. Yeah, they're, they're plenty audible. I just want to point out at this point, so this movie... I believe is about the same running time as Cinderella mm-hmm. and already so much more plot dense than that movie was. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I took about twice as many notes just in recapping. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. For real. So they escape or I mean, not exactly escape. They weren't trapped, but they're heading off to uh, grandma, I assume. And they're so they're like darting through this crowded room in various types of danger. They see Bruno's dad walking around and he's he's a jerk. It's yes. clearly established. At various and Scottish. Times. Yes. Uh, they take the elevator 
which is, you know, very aspirational for mice. <laughs> um, they, they see a mouse trap. There's mouse traps all over the place. Rowan Atkinson's been supervising their placement. Uh, they hide in some towels and eventually they, they make it to grandma's room is the point. It's, it's fairly exciting, but that's where they end up. Yeah. It's not exciting to describe in audio. Yeah. So they get there and fill grandma in on what's been going down. And grandma's like, this is all very familiar. The only reason Bruno's gone along with it is because, uh, his grandmother has dry roast peanuts. Yeah. And that is Bruno's <laughs> first sentence. <laughs> right. Uh, so the witches are all having a witch party and Bruno's dad decides to crash it and talks about how he is also a philanthropist. And they're like, oh, you collect stamps? He's like, no, I don't like it when people are cruel to children. They're like, oh, yeah, our cover story. <laughs> when he's like weirdly trying to flirt with Angelica Houston, right. even though his wife, Brenda Blethyn, is like right there being very put out. Yeah, but that's Bruno's dad for you. Bleh. <laughs> So Luke has this idea that he wants to poison the witches in their turn, which, you know, turn about fair play. So Grandma lowers him down uh, from her balcony, which is fortunately right over where... The Grand High Witches Room. The Grand High Witches Room in uh, a mitten, I believe. How we found that out, I had no idea, but... Yeah. It was a sock, I think. Oh, yeah, maybe true. I think true. she was knitting a sock. Okay. Yeah, it was a, knitting was involved. Uh, there is a cat there, which is dangerous, but Grandma manages to distract it. Uh, Luke is searching around in his mouse form, and he sees the Angelica Houston mask. Which is scary. Right. Classic jump scare. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Back at the party, the witch ditches Bruno's dad, um, and then Luke... I. I forget exactly how this works out. He's up on a shelf and like a book falls open and the Formula 86 is like in, you know, it's a fake book. Right. Right. So it's like cut into the book. Yeah. Uh, and which like don't leave that lying around there Angelica Houston like you, you should think. have a, that that is something that should definitely go in the hotel safe yeah for this reason and also later mm-hmm. which also sees grandma at this point leaning over the balcony suspiciously um, but then Luke manages to escape in any case uh, under some he like goes under the carpet and makes his getaway and he gets back to grandma and so they head to the kitchen and see Bruno's parents, uh, they attempt, Grandma attempts at this point to explain what's gone on with Bruno. They are understandably skeptical and upset. Yes. I mean, they're not great people, but in their defense, this is a tall tale they are being asked oh, yeah. to accept. So the witches all head to dinner, and uh, the maid is snooping around the witch's room and finds Formula 86 and thinks it's some fancy perfume, and so she dabs it behind her ears and uh, also on her sternum. A bubble at this point, I forget exactly how this goes down, but bubble is like angrily sent back to. Basically, she's looking forward to like the dinner and Angelica Houston is like, you are not here to enjoy yourself. You're here as my assistant. And then bubble gets so angry that she basically says, I quit. Yeah. And that's the end of bubble. Yeah. Well, or is it? I mean, fundamentally, as in, <laughs> in term of her employment. Right. In terms of the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. Yes. Yeah. She's out. Uh, so Luke insists on going forward with this poisoning, the witch's plan. The grandma's like, well, it's super dangerous, but I guess you're already a mouse. We'll go with it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's worth the risk. So uh, grandma, again, sneaks in, like, walks into the kitchen and sneaks him into the potatoes before the cook. And this is now we actually see, I feel like maybe we didn't see him before. We Yeah, this is the first time that we actually see Jim Carter. Yeah. A very young, uh, silly Jim Carter young, doing a silly. ridiculous French accent. Yeah. Very uh, like Monsieur in uh, Manor House. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, Slender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Relatively. Uh, and he's like, oh, hey, you're just a batty old lady that wandered in the wrong room. Get out of here. So there's uh, some sort of hijinks there as uh, Luke is maneuvering around, trying not to get cooked into anything uh, as he is in various ingredients. But or he... killed. Yeah. Because he's a mouse. <laughs> right. Uh, we do also note that uh, one of the cooks in there is herself a witch. Mm-hmm with the purple eyes uh and she is cooking the soup yes. that is going to go out to the witches right and luke overhears that all of the witches every single one of them has demanded the uh cress soup which sounds disgusting it does right like watercress is a leaf yeah like what is that what is cress soup even i mean you i presume you have blended the cress into a soup but just ugh. yeah no that's that does seem awful uh but you know witches <laughs> 
So Luke successfully gets the Formula 86 into that soup, uh, and the witch cook tastes it, being a good cook. So we're like, aha. They're all wearing the same Norwegian-style clogs in that kitchen, by the way. Mm. And one of the witches, or I'm sorry, one of the other cooks seems like she's dressed like a witch of Salem, like with her hat, Mm -hmm. or possibly a young Amish girl. Yeah. Uh, The maid goes to smooch on Rowan, and he finds that there is hair on her neck. And he does not want to smooch. No. He is disturbed. Uh, Luke, in the course of making his getaway, runs up the pant leg of Carson, and uh, hijinks and hilarity ensue, uh, but in all the chaos, Luke does successfully make his getaway. Uh, not without getting his tip of his tail chopped off. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's something I remember from the book and not the movie somehow. Well, he says literally later in the next scene, the cook tried to cut off my tail with a carving knife, which is really the only moment of actual humor in this entire thing. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't land. No. <laughs> I mean, I guess Bruno's a bit funny. Yeah, he's all right. Uh, we see Bruno's dad demanding that he also get crest soup since all those witches want it. He does not want cockaliki. <laughs> right. Which is the soup that he has been given. And I'm kind of like, I wouldn't want that either. Right. That's a ridiculous name for a soup. It is a silly soup. It's like the movie Cockadoodle. Yeah. But a soup. <laughs> uh, Rockadoodle? Yeah. Yeah. Rockadoodle. <laughs> oh, Rockadoodle. You can see why I was confused. The Rockabilly Chicken. <laughs> uh, so the witch cook is starting to get that mouse, uh, you know. That that's starting to kick in. She's, she's getting her mouse on. Yeah, she sees the mouse traps and is frightened by them, and sort of realizes what's going on. So she runs to the witches to try to warn them, but then turns into a mouse, and the witches stomp her and kill her. Yeah. So and when you kill one of these mice, uh, green goop leaks out of it. Yeah. So gross. Yeah. Weird. Uh, Rowan orders the soup to get ready, uh, and he carries Luke in a a dustpan. He and Grandma have made a plan because she has knocked everything off of her table Mm. at, I think, 8.15 was, like, the agreed-upon time. She knocked everything off of the table so that he would go and get into the dustpan so that when somebody came to clean it up, he would be carried to her in a relatively safe manner. Yeah, so that works, and uh, Luke fills Grandma in on all the details. Uh, we see Bruno's dad talking with his mouth full about stuff, and then Grandma comes up and, like tosses his soup onto the ground so that he will not eat it, thus saving him. He's naturally upset, and she again is like, you know, I told you your son is a mouse, and they're like, no, he's not. But then she opens her purse, and Bruno's like, yes, I am. And Brenda Blethyn keeps screaming, and I'm, but nobody's concerned. No. She keeps shrieking, and nobody <laughs> is concerned. I'm just like, uh. So I'm like, okay, maybe witches have just been killing people, and just nobody <laughs> in this universe has any compassion. Yeah. And uh, Bruno, very glass half full about the situation. Oh, man, he's, he's great. Yeah. He's like, Mom, you're always saying you want me to lose weight. Well, look at me now. <laughs> I'll live in the cupboard. <laughs> like, he's yeah. very... Yeah, very chill about it. He doesn't want to go to school anymore. I mean, he never did like school. So he's just like, this is great. Yeah, yeah, he's pleased. Uh, okay, so the witches all turn into mice at this point, uh, except for Angelica Houston. Uh, and Grandma, like, calls her out and is like, hey, you're the Grand High Witch or whatever. And they have a bit of a confrontation. Bruno actually attacks her. Uh, but then she finally does, like, transform into Well, she a- ate the soup, too. Right. She just she, took a little longer yeah, for whatever just, reason. Yeah, she had it last or something. Uh, and Bubble shows up. And I don't know that she does anything particularly. I think she just sees the chaos happening and is like, oh, I guess it's good that I didn't do stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Grandma traps the Grand High Witch Mouse, and then Rowan Atkinson delivers the coup de gras and cleaves her with a cleaver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grandma delivers Bruno back to his parents and uh, leaves, and there is, you know, chaos behind them at the hotel, all sorts of comings and goings. Bubble is watching this whole thing. Oh, and Luke has run in with a tag with an address, and Grandma's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Uh, so back at, back home. It's unclear if they're, cause so they were in Norway on holiday. Then she was like, I'm going to take you to England where I have a house before I take you back to America. So it's unclear if they're in England or America right now. Right. But at some home, a trunk arrives for grandma and Luke rides in, in a car. He's got a whole system set up 
where he's driving around as a mouse in their in their place. It's very mouse in the motorcycle. Yeah. V two point oh. Yeah. The trunk is full of money. <gasps> I love money. Yeah. It is all from the Grand High Witch and it is the plan is that they will use it to go after all the witches in america because also conveniently on top of this pile of money Mm -hmm. oh it's a louis vuitton trunk oh that's right by the way a genuine louis vuitton yeah um there is an address book with handwritten all of the names and addresses of all the witches in america yeah so that's so again hotel safe material right (laughs) so that they've got a plan now so they go to bed, and the grandma's seeming kind of, like, wistful, and Luca's like... Did the hotel not notice that literally all those guests just disappeared? Like, what happened? I, Where's that movie? I think it was just like, uh, you know, 200 simultaneously dine, dine and dashes, you know. But they all, they've got holds on their credit cards. It's fine. They can charge them for the minibar. <laughs> anyway... So they go to bed and, and grandma's like seeming sad and Luke's like, you know, I'm really happy being a mouse. Like it's totally fine. And grandma's like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair thing. Like even if he is being really, you know, I think he's just doing drama of the gifted child about this mouse thing. Yeah. Uh, so then, and this is the scene that Roald Dahl couldn't stand. Uh, Bubble shows up and she casts a spell turning Luke back into a person. Now what I do appreciate about this is when he is turned back into a human, he is butt naked. Yeah. And he would be because right. his clothes were gone. Yeah. So I appreciated that like weird continuity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, in the book, he remains a mouse. Mm-hmm. And I think in this, he's like, don't forget about Bruno. She's like, got it. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. She also returns William and Mary, who had been missing. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I guess, uh, she's a good witch. Right. And this, and I understand why Roald Dahl's upset. It's not so much that it's so important that he stays a mouse. Although that is, you know, that was his story and that was how it ended. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the point of it. But if there are, if witches can have changes of heart, then that like changes the whole thing. Like the whole point of witches is that they're just evil. They're uniformly, unequivocally evil. Yeah. And that's how it is in the book. Yeah. There is no bubble. Yeah. There's no question. There's no redeeming them. There's no anything. They're just flat out bad people who, you know, and then that's it. Whereas the, if, you know, if bubble can be redeemed, yeah, then maybe introduces... they should all have been arrested rather than turned into mice and killed, you know, or, or whatever. Like it, it changes the moral dynamic. Of yeah. It. Because there's no, because remember, as we were saying the other day about Cinderella, when they're like, oh, we're going to try to, you know, give some kind of backstory to the evil stepmother. There's no humanizing backstory to Angelica Houston. No. She just is evil and wants to kill children. And that's it. Yeah. Um, But in any case, that's, that's just, that's the last 30 seconds of the movie. Is yeah. All and it doesn't, it doesn't, and you know, it's a good, you know, you want to see Luke turn back into a human. Right, right. Granted, Roald Dahl's whole thing is like, even his happy endings are a little bit like Rrr. yeah um yeah but look great movie yeah very um, great good. to watch with kids as long as you know they're okay i would say yeah. like nine and up something on like this that. one yeah. unless like you have a kid who can like handle yeah their like, stuff yeah this is legit scary for you know whatever there are ages in which you'd be really scared by this yeah. i would think so yeah definitely but yeah we had a great time watching it and we, we hope that you do too mm-hmm. so we'll be back with our next day of Downton. That's right. What could it be now? <laughs> what could it be now? We haven't decided yet. Yeah, we haven't decided. We we're know. really we're really flying by this. <laughs> we know what we're doing. Right. We know the 12. Uh, but we just don't know what order we're doing it in. Yeah. So we're... Uh, You'll find out along with us. We're winging it. That's All right. right. Till next time. Up, up yours, yours downstairs. downstairs. Luncheon out.